0: I went to a marvelous party. Max, most people minutes. don't even Exhibit know the facts. The underlying ideas don't have enough depth to God last cares for an entire season. <laughs> Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. <laughs> Tonight's live cast is streaming to you through the dinnerpartyshow.com with your hosts, New York Times best-selling novelist Christopher Rice, and Eric Shaw Quinn.
1: Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice.
0: And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you're listening to the live cast of The Dinner Party Show for August 11th, 2013.
1: And tonight, we will be the only two nerds on the planet not discussing the casting of the new Doctor Who. Who? Why? Because aside from drooling over John Barrowman and some episodes of Torchwood from a while back, Eric and I are too busy not watching Doctor Who. We realize that over the two million years this show has been on the air, it has created hordes of geeky fans in the most unlikely of places. But unfortunately... We are not among them. Sorry. Call us when Tom Daly's reality show gets syndicated in the U.S.
0: Yeah, call you is more like it. We will also not be talking about the call to burn your Obamacare cards, Mm -mm. principally because there's no such thing as Obamacare (laughs) cards. As a matter of course, we try not to repeat the soulless, factless, and manipulative ploys of those fake grassroots organizations and wholly-owned subsidiaries of the rich, cynical, manipulative blue state residents and their wholly-owned red state congressmen and senators as they seek to deceive and exploit ignorant red state residents to achieve their political ends— and target tax rates. Preach. It is worth noting that these hateful liars who are trying to convince people to give up their shot at health care to protect their constitutional right to be bankrupted by illness in their old age, and more importantly, so their exploiters can buy bigger yachts, it is worth noting that these guys will sell you a fake Obamacare car to burn because they know just how stupid you really are. Because they've been working on that, too.
1: Wow, We will not be talking about the <laughs> fact that the contestants on this season of Big Brother are now deliberately making brazenly racist statements Who? to try to get camera time and lift the ratings for this long-suffering, slow-burn reality show failure. It's still on the air? I know. We'd like to point out that the only reason this show is still on the air, I'm Besides so glad you asked, is because it costs about $5 <laughs> an episode to produce. They're all in their bathing suits, yes. And Julie Chan, the host, is already in L.A. shooting the talk. Make as many racist statements as you would like, restaurant managers and physical trainers who will be immediately forgotten as soon as this season ends. Who? We're still not going to watch you, and most of us can't because CBS is currently unavailable to most of the cable television subscribers in America. Thank you, Time Warner.
0: We also do not care if the Clintons are upset about (laughs) anyone else's sex scandals, and we're not talking Uh about it. What's more, we don't think they should either. I mean, glass houses, guys. Yeah, indeed. We will also
1: not be discussing any shockingly homophobic statements made by any right-wing radio talk show host who has less than 300 Twitter followers, and we ask that all of our friends on Facebook do the same, please. We realize the radical right in this country is positively a quiver with closeted lesbians who have... Big, uh, high, frosted river. hairdos. Mm. I love that word, don't you? <laughs> and button down rest stop visitors who talk like those announcers for monster truck ads. However... Just because some asshole with money gave these idiots a radio show... Ouch, babe. ...probably on the internet, (laughs) doesn't mean we should become the vector for their most diseased statements. There's awareness, and then there's PR. Let's be sure we're not giving the latter to bigots no one's ever heard of before.
0: Yes, and let's keep it that way. Finally, we refuse to be surprised that Vladimir Putin is an asshole. (laughs) We will not be serving any Russian products at our dinner party... More over the radically anti-gay legislation that's, than the Snowden thing, frankly, we're not sure that we think that uh, uh, that we can think of a worse punishment for Mister Snowden than forcing him to live in a country where you can be arrested for what you think. <laughs> Here, we just arrest people for dull stuff like stealing. But life in a country where supporting someone else's civil rights can land you in jail—that's a Special kind of hell Congratulations Mr. Snowden You win Just out of curiosity If victory is a year in Russia What's second prize? Two years?
1: Three years Oh no As for everything
0: else It's still on the
1: table On tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show
0: And now Here to deliver tonight's provocation It's Pope Francis Live from Vatican City
2: through the prayers and merits of the blessed Mary of Virgin, of the blessed Michael the Archangel, of the blessed John the Baptist, and of the holy apostles Peter and Paul, and all of the saints, may Almighty God have mercy on the dinner party show. And may all those who seek to judge Christopher and Derek see them as God's children. God's loud children with big floppy hair. For who are we to judge them for being gay or loud or having a big fine floppy hair? For who am I to judge anyone who is seeking the Lord in good faith? I don't believe they are, but I've listened to their show, and I think they would be smart enough to recognize the Lord if the Lord appeared to them. So... In keeping with the catechism, let us treat Christopher and Egg and their beloved party people with compassion, respect and kindness, even as they show very little to the people they spend two hours speaking of, which I understand has been me on more than one occasion. Let us include them in God's mercy and light. Let us include everyone, except for women who shouldn't be driving.
1: like the Pope was narrating a soccer game,
0: uh, a football game. Right? They still have the same hateful views, but they say them so much more nicely now. They do. They you sound still can't have sex with each other, and we still think you're a horrible sinner, but we we don't judge you for but
1: that. But weren't you the one telling me that Cardinal Dolan cleaned it up for everybody here in the United States? No, no, yes, no, 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 no. We still hate
0: you. You're such a huge we help, still
1: help hate Cardinal you. Dolan. Yeah, no, what a great guy. Right. He's really translating the Pope for the... <laughs> Tweeting masses
0: of for Americans. people who thought that the church might actually be moving towards, you know, Christianity.
1: Well, uh, the thing that I read about the um, you're, you're listening to the dinner party show already in progress. Obviously, the thing that I read about the, the reason that the pope's press conference, <laughs> He's Christopher Rice, and I, and that's Eric Shaw Quinn.
0: Yeah, we're still here.
1: That I say in yeah, an audio we have medium. Opinion. Yeah, where pointing can at me. He's
0: pointing at me. Very rude.
1: Um, we're coming to you live from West Hollywood, where the Sunset Strip Music Festival is currently in progress. And in
0: honor of that, we're having no musicians on today's show.
1: <laughs> well, we are do. all
0: down the street singing. We hope
1: <laughs> we do have a lot of fucking motorcycles going past our beautiful uh, dining room. I am
0: telling you, so you may hear them during yeah. the uh, the process of tonight's show. And we we have to start out with a little good news. Yes, our um guest Adam Fitzgerald is fine after having a car accident. But the bad news is he won't be joining us on the show tonight. Yes, we still have. Marsha Clark coming on. We're
1: Absolutely. always glad to see
0: her, but we're sorry that Adam won't be here, but glad that he's okay.
1: We are glad that he's okay, and his collection of poems are for sale in our store, which you can access on our website, and the slider, which is the mainframe the, on the homepage, which many of you are at right now, because that's where you opened up our player.
0: But other than that, the dinner party show remains poet-free.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> back to the pope <laughs>
0: meanwhile back in it was a Tattican news conference
1: City. on the plane flying home from somewhere right. and the thing that was remarkable was that he didn't duck any questions
0: no he literally stood there for like an hour and a half and just talked with people he does seem more accessible and i while they say it's only a change in tone it is a change in tone like yeah. you know like that's better than nothing i guess
1: anyway it's better I, than a shark in your eye i'm con- always confused about how i should react to the pope being that i am not a catholic like should i really get bent out of shape about what he well, believes well honestly
0: you know i'm a big supporter of everybody getting to believe whatever they want including me the only time i'm ever i ever have a problem with any other religious believers is when they believe that it's not okay for me to believe what i want to believe that's mm-hmm. the part that bugs the hell out of me i don't care what people believe like knock yourself out absolutely worship a big plastic chicken that gives trading stamps for all i care <laughs> <laughs> really don't care. Like I just don't see what somebody that has to do did.
1: With uh, I don't. I didn't read enough of that story. Never mind. Um, it's another. Chris read only the headline. <laughs> What's the
0: headline. You should do that. We should make that a feature it's on the show. It's
1: turning into only headlines.
0: Uh, no could, facts.
1: It could be like Eric's rash pronouncement. Right. Um, somebody wanted the right, I believe, on their government issued ID to be a pastafarian. and so they wore a pasta strainer on their head and said that they were officially that the Religious Liberty Act of something allowed them to be
0: Apostafarian. And that was as That's much. Great for me, I'm I'm behind them. That the was as much
1: as think progress could fit into the tweet, and that was as much as I read today during my pre-show nervousness and and anxious stomach.
0: What well, the only thing I ever don't understand is about religions is when people become invested in what other people are doing. I just I don't have that ability. I don't give a shit about other people. I guess that's the problem. You just
1: don't give a shit. I just shit. don't
0: care. Do whatever you want to. I'm really not paying any attention to you. I you promise. You
1: care if your guests have enough tea. Right. And you always have hors d'oeuvres at your movie and nights. And I like
0: for I would like to think everybody had health care and that poor people were getting right. fed still. and care I care about you, those you kinds of things. You care about
1: whether or not they're thriving.
0: But, yeah, and whether or not they're comfortable and thriving and that yeah. they're okay I'm and they're comfortable. Yes, I'm deeply concerned about that kind of stuff because that's about being human, but right. my God, what what they believe like having a war over believing something different than somebody else just completely stumps me. I, I can't even imagine.
1: I know. I know. And I but I think it's very hard. To subscribe completely and devotedly to a creation story about the universe without going down that road eventually. If you are truly trying to advance a theory about how we as human beings, as life forms, were created and what our our purpose is here on the planet – it's very. It's hard for people who are going to make that their vocation not to start dictating to other people how they should live. You know, like
0: why? I just. I that it's the causal link between the one thing and the other mm-hmm. that I just can't get. But I, you know, like the, there are plenty of things. So the, the list of things we were just talking about. If I ever have a nickname, it's going to be dizzy. The list of things <laughs> that You're I just don't dizzy. get. Yeah, is is long? And okay, circuitous.
1: Well, Breck Artery has a special report for us this week, and then it's about another thing that we don't get, which I believe is the attention being paid to a certain congressman out, a former and his congressman, genitals or
0: anyone's genitals. Why do York. people care what other people are? Anyway, take it we'll away, see Brack.
1: What Breck has to say. Take it away, Breck. We take you to Breck Artery, live from
0: the offices of the New York Times. Breck. This is Breck Artery, live from the largely abandoned offices of the New York Times in New York. New York, the city so nice they named it twice and so nasty that they allow critics to decide the fate of things they themselves cannot produce. Plays and musicals can be destroyed by a few words from someone who's never set foot on stage or sung a note. Ballet, opera, fashion, food, the list goes on and on of things that dilettantes are allowed to decide here. In keeping with the latest developments in the mayor's race here, today's guest wants to add a new critical voice to this acerbic cacophony. Meet Ruth Ann Rand, the new sex critic for the New York Times. Welcome to the Dinner Party Show News, Ruth Ann.
3: Thanks, Brick. I'm very pleased to be here.
0: So Ruthann, sex critic, what's it all about?
3: Well, recently it has become clear that people, particularly famous ones, are just having whatever kind of sex they
0: want. And that's a problem.
3: Well, what if we at the Times allowed musicals or books to succeed on their own merits?
0: You seem to be making a case for doing away with the review of books and the arts and leisure section. So far it sounds like you're the problem, Ruthann.
3: Well, Breck, how would people know what to like? if we didn't tell
0: them. Again, is this because you don't like what Congressman Weiner likes to do with his free time and his free hand?
3: Oh, no, Brick. Anthony Weiner is a pioneer in this area. If it weren't for the completely unwarranted and possibly illegal intrusion into his personal sex life, it might never have occurred to
0: me. And what exactly has occurred to you, Ruth Ann?
3: Well, Brackett, it's, it's pretty clear that we don't know what kind of sex most anyone is having, famous or otherwise. Who better than critics, media pundits, and complete strangers to judge the skeeviness of how someone else achieves orgasm? Where would Anthony Weiner be without Peggy Noonan's completely unasked-for opinions of his sexual kinks or Chris Matthews' totally unwarranted outrage?
0: It boggles the mind. My
3: point exactly. So what are
0: you proposing to do here, Ruth Ann?
3: Well, Congressman Weiner is only one of the candidates for mayor here. There are six other candidates, and to date, other than preference, we don't have any idea what gets these people hot and bothered in the... Boudoir. What if they got elected on their own
0: merits? So are you going to interview them about their personal personal lives?
3: Oh, Rick, you're such a journalist. No, of course not. We, we, we want pictures, tapes, video, if possible. Does Christine Quinn like to wear the pants or the lipstick in her bedroom? Oh, dear. Does former comptroller Thompson like to pay for it? <gasps> what about John Castamatidis? Does he like it Greek? Does George McDonald E I E I O Oh
0: my God Exactly?
3: We've been electing people to office without first satisfying our basis curiosity about the candidates for far too long. And the Times and many other major news organizations feel very strongly that this has
0: got to stop. So let's start with you, Ruth Ann.
3: I'm sorry. Let's see
0: your sex tape.
3: Brick, I'm shocked.
0: Really? You?
3: Yes, I'm i surprised that you'd advocate infringing on the First Amendment in that
0: way. The First Amendment to the Constitution?
3: Yes, Breg, where would we be if the press was not free to speculate wildly about whatever happens to tickle the prurient appetites of our readers, or more importantly, our editors?
0: What about actual facts or the news?
3: Well, Breg, did you know that Congressman Wiener likes to call himself Carlos Danger? Send out pics of his genitals, type dirty things into his phone, and text them to virtual strangers. Before we started reporting any of it, well, no. Isn't that a definition of news?
0: I guess it is. Now, Ruth Ann, I do know I really can't stand to know any more about you. So until next time, this is Breck Artery, wishing everyone but you, Ruth Ann, good night and good dinner.
1: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The Dinner Party Show will be the judge of that. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. Well, thank I'm you Christopher Rice. And what I, are you doing here, Eric Shaw here, Quinn? Eric I'm Shaw Shaw Quinn. delighted to be here
0: at The Dinner Party Show What tonight? happened
1: to your new glasses? You had new glasses. Oh, there they are.
0: I'm just not trying to read anything at the moment.
1: Oh, okay. So my old
0: vanity is the same. It's just my glasses that are new.
1: Your old vanity and your new face. <laughs> In case anyone has forgotten that awkward moment with Alec Mappa. Let's bring that up
0: again. Let's bring that up. Eric Shaw Quinn. Not awkward. I was actually counting down the minutes. Did you just break live
1: on the air? My hair clip. It's time for another episode of What's
0: Going On with Eric Shaw Quinn's Hair. (laughs) My hair clip went off like a (laughs) mousetrap. I heard that. That was your alligator hair clip? Yes, that was my hair clip snapping. All right,
1: I'll save the show. You deal with your hair. Right. Uh, We announced a new contest. A few weeks ago, and uh we're starting it, and I just want to say in advance, nobody won.
0: Can it really be a new contest if we announced it several weeks ago? It's a new
1: several week old contest called What Happened to Jordan Ampersand at the end of his last sketch, or his last appearance, <laughs> excuse me. His last well, report. Who
0: cares what happened to Jordan Ampersand?
1: Exactly. So uh there was an eruption of sound that you all were treated to at the end of his last appearance here on the show. It involved animals of some sort. And we allowed you all to guess what happened to him. And I'll just tell you to take the suspense out of it. Nobody guessed correctly. So nobody wins. You're all losers. You
0: lose again this week. Thanks for playing.
1: Amy Bellino.
0: But keep trying.
1: Or Amy Bellino.
0: Whose uh, birthday is coming up this her week? Her birthday's
1: coming up. Sorry you didn't win for your birthday, Amy. Uh, but it's she not said your birthday anyway, roving so. wild alien dogs. No, I'm sorry. That's not what happened.
0: What happened?
1: Well, I'll tell you once I read everybody's answer. It's called listener interaction. I was actually
0: there, Christopher. I
1: understand that. Jeff Harrington got took advantage of by a pack of wild dogs. Close, but that's not exactly what happened. That's the nifty version. Regis Harden Jr. says his nemesis brought his dogs. His nemesis would be Ian Featherstone, who who joined him for that report. Brought his dogs
0: to his hospital room. Absolutely. I saw that, Amy.
1: Tamara Harrington. Jordan turned into a hairless kitten with a tan and a six-pack. She phrased that as a question, so I'm not really sure she was that was an entry or an official entry. Yeah, Holly
0: Joe. He's kind of already a hairless wiener dog with a six-pack,
1: and he's still on staff here. So I'm going to ask you to be respectful. Okay, just a little bit respectful of Jordan. This Amber actually
0: tan. is me being a little okay. respectful of Jordan right. percent Okay, get your hair clip back in. Anyway. Uh-huh. Uh
1: huh. Holly Joe. Our listener, Holly Joe, says Eric Shaw Quinn arranged to have him mauled by dogs. Animal cruelty.
0: That's right. That would be so mean to dogs. I would never do that. I like dogs.
1: Frank Lozier, the sharks got him from
0: Sharknado. They blew in from Santa Monica Bay. And sounded just like dog. <laughs> dog shark. This fall on nothing. Have you on seen nothing. ghost shark? Yes, I'm so on later excited this for uh, ghost shark. Ghost shark. Apparently, it just appears in your swimming pool and bites your leg off. Because it's a ghost, man. Right?
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> we've only got 16 or 17 more of these to read. Uh, John Matson also believed that Jordan got raped by a pack of vicious wiener yeah, dogs. all
0: of this is like a fan fiction thing. The fan fiction, <laughs> what happened to Jordan Ampersand's site. We're going to have to start fiction. that. Slash fiction. Right, the slash fiction. The-
1: Guys, here's what happened, and maybe you're all winners. Um, Jordan's <laughs> voice acted like a dog whistle and drew the dogs to our studio. And they attacked him not violently, but they attacked him en masse after he left. After he walked out, I so, thought
0: he they were he hadn't fed them. I thought it was another. You know, he did that to to Breck and to Brock and Bastion, not Breck and Bastion, Brock and Bastion. He are was you supposed getting to be all
1: of your excuse me, our special correspondents confused.
0: He was supposed to look after their dogs and. He, really? Yeah, he just used their house, drank all their liquor, and never once fed them.
1: We'll have to hear about yeah, that. From and th- of so that's them, what I sure. figured. It
0: was just some dog-sitting gig where he hadn't fed the dogs, so they decided to eat him.
1: Well, then you don't win either.
0: Well, I wasn't playing. I, I, employees of the Dinner Party Show are not eligible. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Tonight's competition. We're employed. Who's employing us? Okay, so
1: we had a story that we wanted to cover last week that we didn't get to. I can't, I can't even remember what we were doing last week. Oh my
0: god, it was just my head is just a. a, a but then that's always the case with you,
1: me. You're real dizzy. Yeah, this I'm the dizzy one. It's allergy season. We've got a wildfire burning in the Cajon Pass, which is the where the 15 goes to Las Vegas. So you know, everybody's going to be using it as an excuse for acting <laughs> like an idiot for the next week. Wildfire it's season. Not me.
0: I'm dizzy all the time. I don't need wildfires or allergies. I'm always a dingbat. Yeah.
1: Well, here's the deal. There's are some dingbats who work in the sheriff's department in Baton Rouge, oh, Louisiana. Oh, I
0: swear to God. This story?
1: This story? I don't know what to make of this story, Eric Shaquin. What do you make of this story?
0: I, You know, it's like I always say, Louisiana is the only foreign country in the United States.
1: It's <laughs> the deal. Okay, so the, what the sheriff's department says is they wanted to clean up this park, that they were getting complaints that— <laughs> You couldn't walk down the trails in this park without gay men being everywhere looking for sex. So apparently there's a time warp in this park that takes sure, you back to 1982. Or
0: Washington, D.C. Yeah,
1: right, exactly. And nobody in Baton Rouge has grinder because apparently it's blocked on all their phones. Okay, so the deal is this. These sheriff deputies undercover were propositioning men in the park for sex, but they were making an arrangement to meet the men somewhere else for sex. So the men would agree and they weren't guilty of doing anything illegal but they would then arrest them. Which is like what the fuck are you doing? So they knew they wouldn't be able to enforce or charge them with anything but it was their way of just I guess cleaning up the park. Well, I put in harassing
0: people I guess right. some sort of you know when I lived in London there there was a sort of Free Times publication, uh, you know, a, mm-hmm. an entertainment publication that came out that actually did a feature on great places outdoors around London to have sex. <laughs> like the cool parks to go have sex in. Like right. People were... What is it with everybody's obsession with what everybody else is doing?
1: You're very... You're, you get very libertarian in this area. I,
0: it just... I, I don't understand it. I just... I don't think about other people. I, I go with the... The, the Oscar Wilde. Oscar, Oscar, what do you think of me? Why, my dear boy, I, I don't think of you at all. Like, I just don't think of that sort of thing. Yeah, I think we should be considerate. I don't want to be subjected to somebody else having sex, but... People have to meet somewhere, and what do I care where it is? And, but
1: and it's like you're look at the precedent that this would set were it legal. So you can't agree to have sex with another consenting adult anywhere a child is. So if I'm on a date at the shopping mall with my boyfriend and I say, "Honey, you want to go home and do some weird fucked up role play?" I, I would be in. I, I could be thrown the in jail. The idiot if somebody who's running for us. governor
0: of Virginia wants it to make make it illegal for anyone in Virginia to have oh, oral sex. I so know. much for that's, Virginia is for lovers.
1: That's just because he's got such a pretty mouth. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Closet case. Th- that story took longer to cover than I thought, but that concludes the hors d'oeuvre section here on the Dinner Party Show. We now hope you've we've enjoyed got your got hors
0: d'oeuvres. No more canapes.
1: But because uh, because we don't have Adam Fitzgerald, as we said earlier, he's not going to be able to make it tonight. We have more stories we're going to talk about in we the next We have a segment. lot
0: more to say.
1: But in the meantime, here's one of our brand new, much shorter technical promos.
0: I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw-Quinn, and we're the co-hosts of The Dinner Party Show.
1: Would you like to be one of our party people? That's our affectionate nickname for the folks who interact with us during our live
0: shows using our Facebook fan page. That's right. Shea Butters, our somewhat loyal manservant, is always manning our Facebook page and sending us your questions and comments so we can respond to them live on the air. If you'd like to play along with the rest of us, be sure to like The Dinner Party Show's page on Facebook.
1: On SoundCloud, we post the work of all of our deranged sponsors and special correspondents, and we do so in a format that's easy to share with all of your friends on social media. So, if you like a sketch, head over to
0: SoundCloud and spread it all over your world. You can follow us on Twitter at Dinner Party Show to enjoy favorite quotes from each live cast and breaking Dinner Party Show news. And don't
1: forget about our YouTube channel, where you can enjoy backstage videos and breathless show recaps from your over-caffeinated hosts. I'm Christopher Rice.
0: And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and we're thrilled to have you at our party. The Dinner Party Show, with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Soup's on. And now it's time for Astrologic. Hey, Twan, Queen of the Stars here with the real dirt on what the constellations are up to and how you can read the signs before they read you. Prancing is for reindeer Sagittarius. The new moon in Leo this week should have us all feeling inspired. Creativity will be on the rise in all areas of life this week as the new moon rises on Leo, the lion of exhibitionism. Artistic endeavors will flow out of us with added flair, but Leo's creativity is not limited to the obvious And all areas of creation. From bringing children into the world to doing a good job at work will be especially inspired and rewarding. I guess what I'm saying is that creativity is not limited to, let's say, singing and dancing, for example, Aries, Just because everyone thinks you're so great at something does not mean that if someone else was great at, say, astrology or something what they are great at is not any less great than all the singing and dancing in the world is what i'm saying love will also flourish during these inspired days and a little extra effort will go a long way towards catching the eye and the fancy of those dreamy objects of your love inspiration now is a good time to join a dating site accept social invitations and let your love light shine Or you can just say hurtful things about someone behind their back and think that they won't find out, but they will, and it will not only hurt their feelings, but it will make you look tacky to everyone who finds out what you said, Aries. And believe me, they will find out. So... Here's hoping you're all inspired this next week to create something besides trouble for yourself by being a backstabber because nobody can sing a sweeter song than the bitter ballad of revenge. Till next time, this is Twan reminding you to watch out for the stars.
4: give your hand to me And then you say hello And I can hardly speak My heart is beating so And anyone can tell You think you know me well But you you don't know me No, you don't know me No, you don't know the one dreams of you at night, and longs to kiss your lips, and longs to hold you tight, oh I'm just a friend, that's all I've ever been, cause you don't know me. my heart aches with love for you Afraid and shy I let my chance go by a chance that you might love me too too. You give your hand to me and then you say goodbye I watch you walk away I'm the lucky day. That you might love me too. too. Oh, you give your hand to me, and then you say goodbye.
0: and Eric Shaw Quinn and now it's time for The Soup brought to you by your perpetually victimized gay brother
1: I will have you know that I am writing a play about all of
0: you The Dinner Party Show keep listening if you've got the stomach for it
1: Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice and I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And no sooner had one of our party people, John Matson, asked us what Marsha Clark thought of the previous story we covered, than Marsha Clark arrived at our walked. studio. Hey. Oh. <laughs> Welcome back, uh,
0: Marcia. i so happy to be here. The princess of MSNBC. <laughs> I have so been enjoying your uh, recent ed- inclusion on every show I watch on NBC uh, all the time. They can't get away no, from I've me. No, i quite enjoyed it. Your, I have to say, your commentary on Thursday, I think it was, with...
5: With Lawrence O'Donnell. Lawrence, Lawrence O'Donnell. And, who's
0: the woman? Who was the other author? The,
5: Le- Linda Fairstein. L- Linda, Linda Fe- Fairstein, another
1: Linda, critically acclaimed right, mystery novelist. Co-
0: they did a thing where they did, if you missed it, go back... Back onto the MSNBC after the show, of course. Mm. Listen to the show first. But, yes. but yeah. go to the MSNBC site and see if you can't find on the Lawrence O'Donnell show for Thursday. They did this thing where they they played little excerpts from that insane final statement from Ariel Castro and then you and Linda. Did commentary. I, it was electrifying. You were so insightful. Marsha was so insightful that Lawrence actually paused and said, wow, I hadn't actually thought of it that way. Marsha, that was really brilliant. It really was. It was brilliant. Your your contribution on all of this. So We've got a million questions we want to ask you about all of that. So, we want to talk to you about so, this case out but of Baton Rouge this, but first, this CD case from Baton Rouge. What do you think You've I had a just minute now to read, read the article?
5: I, I, yeah, I mean, I just now read the couple first couple of pages, like, what the hell are they doing? What are they doing? You can't agree to have sex in a public place. We're all like felons or something. Yeah, like everybody in America is
0: now <laughs> right. in jail. That's I what know. I just or everybody said. in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I
5: said if I
1: agreed to have sex in a mall when children were present, and I, even though I was agreeing to have sex later at home with my partner, I right. would be guilty of a crime. And yeah. it's outrageous. And no, yeah. it's crazy. It's, it's
5: crazy. They can't keep these guys locked up. They can't do this.
1: Well, they didn't keep them locked up. I'll say that they let them go right <laughs> well, away because, duh, they, had because to. they weren't
0: guilty of anything.
1: But yeah, <laughs>
5: they, they, they used this basically
1: intimidation act yeah. to clean up, yeah. which I'm putting in air quotes for those who can't see us. The park, which there's got to be something epically illegal about that.
5: Oh, it is. I mean, it is. The law is unenforceable. They're trying to enforce a law that's been stricken down by the United States Supreme Court, the anti-sodomy law. You can't. That's not—it's unconstitutional. So they don't have a valid law. So now they're saying—they're trying to say, well, we're not enforcing that law. We're enforcing a law that's on the books that says you can't agree to have sex in a public place. And that's not constitutional either.
0: (laughs) That doesn't even make any uh, sense. No, sense. No the, Casey
5: Rayborn Hicks,
1: the sheriff's office, office spokeswoman, an idiot, says, quote, This is a law that is currently on the Louisiana books, and the sheriff is charged with enforcing the laws passed by our Louisiana legislature. So it's sort of like, Constitution be damned, I live the, in yes. Louisiana. It's
5: on our books. Right. It's on our books. You can't be barefoot in front of a mirror either. Right. So it's on our books, and we will. <laughs> and you can graze your we... sheep
0: on the governor's <laughs> mansion lawn every third Thursday. <laughs> like, whatever.
5: It's just I ridiculous. It's crazy. The thing is, these people who get arrested, though you know they really need to be have to have it expunged they need to have it wiped wiped out because you know you go to, you go to apply for a job or something, and it shows that you've been arrested. Right. And, you know, you've done nothing wrong. So they really have a lot to what make What would for. you
1: recommend these men do? What course of action should they take?
5: Oh, my God. First of all, really, you have to have them erase this from your record. Right. Absolutely has to be w- wiped clean. And consider suing. Right. Consider yeah. suing. I mean, to the extent you can prove any damages, yeah, you huge absolutely... Huge class I would the think. The potential is absolutely. just
0: gigantic. Oh,
5: yeah. And there's yeah. still
0: oil money in Louisiana. Maybe not as much as there used to be, but you could get a nice little chunk of... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there
1: is actually more oil money I believe than there used to be because they finally got rid of that rule that said if it was a certain if the if the rig was a certain number of miles offshore Louisiana didn't get a cut of the uh, proceeds, I think Mary Landrew finally got rid of that crazy oh. law. And since that the, so. the
0: rigs are now pouring the oil directly on the shore, <laughs> sure, yeah, there's less separation between there's those whole things. Yeah,
5: it's accessible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What do you
0: think about the um, the former attorney general in Virginia trying to reinstate the anti sodomy laws there to make by making the it also illegal for heterosexuals to have oral sex? Like everybody, <laughs> like there's going to be a policeman in every bedroom in. In don't Virginia. you think – I think
5: it's people who don't have enough to do. They are not busy enough. Right. I swear to God I mean, you, that you can right. sit around thinking of habit. bullshit like this when right. we have real crime, we have real serious issues to deal with, right. and you're talking about worrying about who's diddling who right. and how? Yeah. Right. Really? This is your big issue? Is Baton
0: Rouge really this crime-free <laughs> that you have time to be exactly. annoying people exactly. at the park? Right. Like exactly. run along, young man.
5: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't think so. No, I will not be coming with you, officer.
5: I <laughs> know I exactly. <laughs> Oh, well, it sounds anyway. like these guys
1: in Louisiana are, are hooked up with a civil rights attorney, Andrea J. Ritchie. I don't know if that's a name any of us have ever heard. Well, uh, maybe increasingly. Yeah, she may become famous uh, off of this, this case. Becomes, <laughs> as <laughs> Absolutely. They, as so this they group
0: happen. of men come to own the state of Louisiana. I was going to
5: say, you have a class action suit and suddenly the state of Louisiana goes bankrupt because the class action is going to be so big. Right, right.
0: Exactly.
6: <laughs> exactly. Everybody
0: in the state is liable for you know saying wow honey let's go home and you know do it yeah. in the
5: hot <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm to sorry chair. come with us <laughs> with you, to you when you said that I got this mental image of a parabolic mic <laughs> hanging over every part <laughs> just sweeping around and that sounded people. a little hot
1: we should go get them <laughs>
5: Move in, move
1: in. No, <laughs> well, we're going to take a break for a word from one of our sponsors. This is a brand new product that we're very excited here on the Dinner very, Party Show. Very, excited. And then we will be no back idea. with famed prosecutor and Dinner Party Show favorite, Marcia Clark. Are you tired of other people's children? Multiple studies confirmed the likelihood of experiencing an infection or injury caused by someone else's child has tripled in the past year alone. Don't put yourself at the
7: mercy of other people's indulgent parenting styles. Arm yourself with a bottle of new and improved Child Mist.
1: The makers of Wife stoppers gum and no libido chewing tobacco comes a brand new test animal approved product that will allow you to hold back the relentless onslaught of Rugrats the next time you have to visit your sister. Whether it's your brother's colicky baby who won't stop screaming no matter how much he burps him, or your neighbor's six-year-old who won't stop asking you questions about dinosaurs even though you already told him a hundred times you don't know anything about dinosaurs, Child Mist is there for you. Each spray bottle contains a possibly safe, entirely medicinal blend of three different herbally suggested
7: Valiums which places the offending child in a light nap upon contact.
1: Naps range from three to seven hours in duration and that means with just a few sprays of child mist, Your Sunday evening family dinner can go from a drool-splattered episode of The Walking Dead to a placid
7: Norman Rockwell painting with a lot of sleeping children in it. Child Mist. Try it today on your neighbor's dog. To find the location of an unauthorized dealer near you, send an email to childmist.com and we'll tell you where to meet our guy who has the stuff. Child Mist. We'll knock them out until you've had a chance to get out.
1: It's time for
7: Eric's rash pronouncement of the week.
0: If you think New York is so much better than Los Angeles, I've only got one thing to say to you. A plane leaves every hour.
1: This has been Eric's rash pronouncement of the week. And we're back on The Dinner Party Show, already in progress with my co-host, Eric Shaw-Quinn. Say hello, Eric. Hello, Eric. And Dinner Party Show favorite, Marsha Clark. Hey, Hi, Marcia. guys. How are you doing? It's so good to have you back. Uh, you wanted to ask Marsha about Absolutely. something you saw on TV I, last the, night. The
0: Emmys happened, and the Phil Spector movie got a bunch of nominations for different people and members of the cast, and so I thought, oh, I haven't seen that, and so I recorded it. And honestly, at the time... Phil Spector has such bad press, I just thought, oh, yeah, that asshole, you know, whatever. And I didn't really pay much attention at the time, but then I watched this film, and I don't know how true it is because I really didn't pay that much attention, but David Mamet kind of posits that he really kind of got convicted of being an asshole, that the, the proof wasn't really there for the— for the charges against him, and Man. I don't—I I just kind of wanted to. If you I, and you may not have any insight into it, I don't know. But were I you did. more aware of the of the of that particular trial? No, I
5: wasn't in the DA's office at the time. Yeah. I mean, that's happened long right. Since, but obviously, um, but I did follow it and I did read, you know, a, a lot about it. And no, the, the evidence was there. It's very solid case. Very solid case. And you know, he was he was an extremely talented but very unbalanced individual. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Who and he had a, he had he was known for pulling guns out all the time it was just something he did i mean he, and fired a gun off in a studio once when somebody pissed him off so he was very
0: they yeah and they yeah. they covered all of that but their 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 premise in the in the film was that because if he had actually fired the shot in, into her mouth in that way that he would have been covered with blood not true. and not and, true. Okay, so That's tell us about true. that.
5: People talk. You know, this is one of these things where it's really tough to get good testimony on this kind of thing. Blood spatter evidence is really more art than science. But but mm. there are certain things that are true that can be quantified, and they did in the trial. And I don't know what David Mamet was looking at or what he thought. That's right I say, or What he I didn't I look, at, he didn't look at. We, you yeah. know, we yeah. don't know. So I'm not slamming David Mamet. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I was asking you. I wanted to
0: know about the actual court yeah. case. Yeah, I
5: mean, and everybody's going to have their point of view about this. But what I saw, I mean, when you fire a gun into somebody's head, the the blowback doesn't happen. It, it, you don't have this big, huge spray coming out from her. It goes the other way. It goes back. So there's even if be, the bullet
0: doesn't exit the back of the head, Even it doesn't okay. even if it
5: doesn't, because you have cavities, you have nasal cavities, you have all kinds of things. But um, but but no, you wouldn't have a whole lot of blood on him. So I, I don't know why he came up with that particular thing. That must have been with the defense. That was uh, what the defense, defense was possibly. I'm
0: sure he was going, I, I think it was probably based on somebody's writing or something, whatever. It was, But the it, prosecution is Performances were it. remarkable, but, you know, it was yeah. one of those things where at the end I was left with that sort of feeling of, like, well, he does seem to be a horrible person, but that's not actually a crime. Well no, you know? that's
5: not. <laughs> but, but shooting somebody in <laughs> the head not. actually but, is. But, but yes, so, shooting yeah, somebody yeah, actually.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
5: okay. I just
0: I, I knew you would know more about it. And it's actually a really if you haven't seen the film, they actually I love I how and – and I love him. Yeah, they did a yeah. great job, really good job. creating those people. So you know yeah. what I mean. It yeah. does create a sort of yeah. compelling kind of moment of...
5: Yeah, it's really interesting. And I know, so that was the defense position. But people frequently get hung up on this kind of thing about where would the blood spatter right. be? you know, And why well, wasn't he covered in TV blood? TV has kind of trained
0: us to go for I, those We talk about this
5: details. all the time. I think yeah. we talked
1: about it the last time you were on the show that TV has instilled a false uh, expectation in juries that forensic evidence is going to look the way it does on CSI. They'll right. start asking you why you don't have have a certain test that doesn't exist because it's only been on CSI. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's the CSI effect.
5: It is. That's what they start it calling is. it. It is. Yeah. I mean, And it does. It, it can skew juries. It, it gives them unrealistic expectations of what you can prove with the science, you know, and what can actually be done with evidence at a crime scene. You know, stuff that happens at a crime scene, especially if it's outside. But it, it degrades. Blood degrades. Hairs disappear. Fibers disappear. Things, you know, don't stay pristine like on CSI. Right,
0: these get <laughs> contaminated with other stuff. With yeah. other,
5: yeah, all is kinds there of things.
0: Yeah. Any
1: sense, shifting gears to a rather big elephant in the room, any sense that that may have been a factor in the
5: Trayvon Martin case? You know, no, I don't think so. They didn't have, it was a very simple case, forensically speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there really wasn't much to talk about. George Zimmerman had a broken, uh, not a broken, he had a, a, a bloody nose. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of gashes on the back of his head. And those injuries were clear. He didn't have get medical attention. That was clear, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and Trayvon didn't have a whole lot of, Anything on him in terms of defensive wounds or even the kind of offensive wounds you'd expect to see if you're really beating somebody, right? Knuckles get bruised and and you know you get you get a little banged up in the process right. too, even if you're the aggressor, he didn't nearly have
1: much. So the forensic evidence was not there to support the right wing talking point that there was a brutal fight between these two men that Trayvon started. Or or not, even in the yeah. not in point. my opinion, yeah, not in my opinion. you know I mean,
5: I you saw his injuries. He, right. he got up and he walked away how bad is this yeah. you know I mean
1: and Trayvon didn't get up and walk
5: away no um yeah. he sir he sure did not yeah. yeah
0: well the thing that I keep at you know the thing that I have to say is and I and really this is the question I've wanted to ask you is I would have ended every if I was if I was the prosecutor and nobody is asking me to be but I would have ended every interview with the question for instance we're talking about these injuries so doctor would you the, um, Mr. Zimmerman have sustained these injuries if he had stayed in his car.
1: Like the dispatcher asked mm. him to. Like, like the
0: dispatcher asked told him, him to, to. Do, Told him we to We don't do. need you to do that. Exactly. Right. I know. And we'll exactly. get into this in just a minute. We have okay. plenty of more
1: time to talk about Drayvon Martin can't and Marshall Clark's new book Killer Ambition. Also oh, can't wait. Right? Can the name Killer right? Ambition. You got in it. In the meantime we've got a, a report from our relationship expert Ms. Joan L. Sam. Breaking news. It's time once again for The Dinner Party Show's Homemade Relationship Advice with Jonelle Sams.
0: Hi, this is Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. If you have a relationship question, you can send it to me, care of The Dinner Party Show's Facebook fan page, or at jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Well, I'll tell you, listeners, an odd thing has been happening here at the Homemade Relationship Advice for the past couple of weeks. I have received an especially large number of relationship questions, even though Valentine's Day was long past and it's months till the holidays. What's even stranger is a surprising number are more or less the same story and the same question. Here's a good example. Carita Jonell. Many, many years ago, I was a young woman new to town. I had few skills and was lucky enough to find a job washing hair and cleaning up at a barber shop. The barber's son was a handsome, some might even say pretty, young man learning his father's trade. We hit it off right from the start and both of us being young, one thing led to another and I found myself out for a night of youthful revelry with the young man, his lifelong friend, and some others they knew. Things got a little wild, and my memory of events is a little fuzzy, but while I do not remember every little detail of that evening, I do know for certain that my friendship with my employer's son deepened that night into something much more. He seemed to warm up to me after that, and we grew closer, though the intimacy of that night was not repeated. Just as he left for Barber College, I discovered that I had more than spotty memories of that night. Nine months later, our son was born. When my young lover returned, he seemed indifferent to me. He was kind. But he said he knew he could not be the father of my child, and callously, he seemed almost amused when I suggested it. My friendless condition lost me my job and a lot of respect in the community, but I only cared that it had lost me my young lover. He has always been friendly, but insistent that my memory of that passionate night must have been the worse for the Carlo Rossi sangria we were tippling that fateful evening. The last time we discussed it all those years ago he said he knew where he had slept that night and with whom soon after his denial he married a cruel cold woman who was well thought of in the community but feared by many including the father of my child i knew from what he had told me many times before in my heart She says, Corazon, but I know that song, so I'm translating here. In my heart, I was certain that she must be the reason that my young love had turned from me. Jonelle, I have found a place in the community and re-earned the respect I lost for the sake of love. My son has grown up to be a fine young man who has followed me into the family business just as his father followed his father before him. But it is a small community, and I have had to face the lover who spurned me and his wife, the frosty she-devil who drove a wedge between us and destroyed our sacred love. Every time I see her or see them together, it is like an icicle in my heart. I plead with you, Jonelle, help me to reunite my son with his father and to mend my broken heart. She says Corazon again, but you get it. She concludes, Jonelle, you are my only hope. Signed, bereft by love. (sighs) Well, like I say, I have literally gotten dozens of letters with stories almost identical to this one ever since we did our pilot episode of Live at Poison Creek a few weeks back. And, while the English has gotten progressively better with each new post, the story and the handwriting is very similar from one letter to the next. Though, they are all signed differently. I don't want to neglect anyone, but there are too many of these to answer individually. But I don't want anyone who writes into homemade relationship advice to go unanswered. So I'm going to give my advice to Bereft here in the hope that all of you others can take it to heart and find some comfort in my words. Lupe, stop writing to me. Merle is not Lepito's father. Merle and I have been together for 23 blissful years, and I have no reason to doubt him now. Not only does he deny it, but his dear friend, Olson Lee Pugh, who you yourself say was there on that fateful night, swears that he can say for certain that Merle was not in bed with you that evening. What call does he have to lie about it? So, Lupe, search your heart. Try to remember who else was there. Hire a hypnotist to help you recall the details. But move on. Leave me and my show out of your crazy delusions of love that never existed. I hope that helps all of you who have written in with similar stories and in broken English to bewail your fate. It is my fondest wish that you may all find peace and the courage to pursue a new life for yourself and to be thankful for the one you already have. You too, Lupe. Till next time, this is Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice.
1: If you have relationship questions, write to Jonelle Care of the Dinner Party Show Facebook page or to jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com.
0: I ask you, would a cold, cruel woman have answered that letter on her show? Hmm. <phone rings>
1: The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn.
0: The dish is served. And now it's time for the first installment of a brand new series here on The Dinner Party Show. First, courtesy of the top studios in Hollywood, we brought you some of the world's worst pitch meetings. Now, we bring you some of the world's worst wedding toasts, courtesy of some really pissed off brides.
1: Okay, okay, everyone. Hi, 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 hi,
3: hi. I'm Jan Miller, and the bride Stacy is my cousin, and this is my boyfriend, Dan.
0: Oh, hi, hey, uh, how you doing?
3: Uh, Yeah, we want to congratulate Stacy and a new husband, William, on their amazing union and their spectacular wedding. And, And tonight, rather than just give the same old toast, Dan and I decided to do something really special. You see? We thought it would be so sweet and romantic to read aloud the very first text messages they ever sent each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You see, I was at Will's bachelor party and Jan here went to the bachelorette party, so... After the bride and groom, it had a little bit too much to drink. We swiped their phones and we just cut and pasted what we could from the text messages. We haven't really had any time to look at it, so we're going to dive in and read the whole thing to you right now. Yeah, yeah,
3: Only obviously I'm going to be Stacy and he's going to be Will. (laughs) Okay, okay. Here it goes. Hey. Hi. Are you still coming over?
0: Where is your place again?
3: It's on the corner of Rick Warren 3rd, the red brick building with the black awning.
0: I know that building.
3: Oh really, how do you know my building?
0: I know a girl who lives on the fourth floor.
3: Patricia Weatherly, she's a tramp. How do you know her?
0: You're one to talk.
3: What does that mean?
0: I'm on my way to your house drunk at three in the morning. What do you think that means?
3: You know what? Forget it. I changed my mind. Go home. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. You disgust me.
0: Was I disgusting to you in Phillip's pool earlier when you were grinding up against
3: me? Go to hell. I changed my mind. Go home. Okay. Um, according to the timestamp, the next text message is sent three hours later. Okay. Here it goes. Hey. What? Come over.
0: Why? I disgust you.
3: I'm drunk.
0: You were drunk before.
3: No, I sobered up before. Now I'm drunk again. Come over.
0: Be right there.
3: Okay. Uh, So the next text message is two days later, and it's from Jan, and it says, hey. And then the next text message after that is two days later as well. And it also says, hey, and what's up? Okay, and then the next text message is two days after that, and it says, uh, so you're just some manhole who doesn't call.
0: Sorry, I've been meaning to call you about the itching. What itching? The itching down below, if you get my drift.
3: Yeah, maybe it's because you shave everything down there like you're a gay dude. Are you a gay dude?
0: Did it seem like that the other night?
3: You mean a week ago? Because that's how long it's been. Honey, we, we should stop. I don't think this is a good idea. It's got
0: to get better at some point. They got married, for Christ's sake. Okay,
3: but let's do it fast.
0: Right. Uh, some anti take more than a week to work.
3: Are you saying I gave you something? Is that what you're saying? That I gave you some kind of disease?
0: I'm not saying anything. I'm just telling you I never itched like this when I hung out with Patricia Weatherly. You know, the tramp on the fourth floor of your building. She didn't make me itch like you did. You
3: know what? Go to hell. You're like a dumb Dudley Moore with no money or sexy British accent.
0: Dudley Moore is dead, kind of like you in bed.
3: Maybe you'll be dead too, if you keep scratching.
0: Please
3: <laughs> stop, <laughs> honey. We should stop. She wants us to stop. Look, she's crying. We've
0: been too deep. We gotta see this through. Christ.
3: Oh, okay. Um, the next text message is a month later, and it says, "Hey, Itchy. Guess what? I'm late, and I'm not keeping it." <laughs>
1: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for The Dish, brought to you by your
0: mother, Mistress of Guilt. (sighs) That's okay. Go ahead and step on my foot. Why would I need to walk anywhere? I haven't been anyplace nice
1: in years. The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Hello. Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. We were talking, that was one bad wedding toast, wasn't it? Uh, I am
0: telling you, that was brutal.
1: I think those are going to get worse and worse and worse as we I go along.
0: Really? You know, like, yeah. I've had to sit through those at the actual wedding. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I went to a wedding, yeah. Yeah. yeah, We'll another we'll time. talk about it. For it's an ongoing time. series. What I want to get back to is, I want to ask our guest, Marcia Clark. Thank you so much for being here My with pleasure. us. My pleasure,
4: always. I always. want to
0: get back to the question I was asking just before. We, so, if I chose as the prosecutor to ask. Every single solitary witness who got on the stand, do you think that whatever it is you're talking about would have happened if George Zimmerman had stayed in his fucking car? Maybe not (laughs) using the word fucking, but – and as the police ask him to do, do you think this would have happened? What do you think the judge would have done? Would they have made me stop?
5: Yeah, they would have. I mean, you would have gotten an objection irrelevant because it's not relevant to every witness. It has to be relevant to what they're talking about. And it isn't for all of them. Um, And it would be calling for speculation. Do you think this would have happened? You know, it's always an objectionable question. And you might get it out once or twice. But after that, the judge is going to start talking about sanctions and all kinds of nasty stuff. Yeah, that, I have the yeah.
0: feeling that I would spend a lot of time in jail for contempt of court if I was a lawyer. I,
1: I have the same feeling. I have that feeling of for you just going in court. I get nervous when you have jury duty. Are we ever going
0: to see Eric again? I once went with my sister for a court appearance and— The judge actually said to me, because I kept interjecting, even though I was just sitting in the audience. (laughs) And the judge actually said to me, uh, do you have something you'd like to say? And I got up from my chair and took over the proceedings.
5: No. <laughs> I did. I oh, got my up
0: God. Said. Well, what we're trying to determine, <laughs> your honor, is if she's already paid the fine, if we just leave, if that's done, if that covers whatever it is that she was there, you know, traffic court, whatever <laughs> it is that she was, and he was like, yeah, that really does. And he's like, well, then we're good. We can go. If you're good, we're good. And he was like, well, oh, okay then. Right. But traffic
1: traffic court means he had 30 other cases lined up outside. Yeah, so he, whatever got you out that's quicker, true. he was in favor of. He was of. delighted. But yeah. it really
0: was that's one true. of those moments when after it was, it was like, you were this close. <laughs> I, as a child, I got hit in the mouth a lot because yeah. that's where all of the smart shit was coming from. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. Aww, I, you don't yeah. have to tell me. Yeah. I work with you. Yeah. I work. Yeah. I, work I started a radio show with this guy for a reason. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's got a go smart mouth. Okay. <laughs> well,
0: that was my big question. Now let's talk <laughs> so, so, about Trayvon Martin. I'm going home now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's it. That's all there was. <laughs> that's it.
5: That's all, all there right. no. right. was. No, we Every got so plenty so else to talk about. We <laughs> want to talk
1: <laughs> about your new book. You have another it's the third book in the Rachel Knight series. Yes. Killer Ambition.
5: Killer Ambition. It's currently
1: available for sale in our store at the dinnerpartyshow.com. Um, So, uh, tell us a bit. Did you go on the road? What have you been doing to promote it? I've been
5: out on the road. I was in New York and Connecticut, and where have I been? I've been all over the place. And I was just in Texas, in Houston and in Austin, and so And now I'm going back out to... I'm going to be up in San Francisco, and then my favorite place, and then I'm going to be. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just kind of.
0: And she's going to be on MSNBC, uh, MSNBC. Much all the time.
5: We'll, we'll see are you, you
0: getting your know. own show? How much longer can it take?
1: <laughs> you had your
0: own show on MSNBC, didn't I you? Did,
5: I did. I was actually a substitute host for Geraldo. Oh, <laughs> how funny is that? Oh, okay. Geraldo <laughs> used to be on MSNBC. Our, yeah, um, wow. he was. He used to have a show on CNBC that was before CNBC was oh, right. a financial channel, okay. and it was a talk, and it was Rivera Live, and I was he that's where he he was the one who brought me in and had me substitute host for him and then I wound up doing hosting for all kinds of different shows on MSNBC and right, CNBC right. but um but you know I have to tell you I don't really it's not a gig that really interests me at all. Really? To be honest. Yeah. Really? It's fun to step in and be a guest and yeah. talk about the cases. But if you have to be there every day and talk about this stuff every day, five days a week. It
0: really it's the it is the deceptive part of television. It's like factory work. Yeah. Like while the stories change for the audience, right. it is the same, same. gig. It's a grind every day, every day, every day. Yeah. yeah. It can really, yeah. I get that. Yeah. I've done that kind of TV before, and it's still fun. It's yeah. great and it's exciting and yeah. it's a great career, but it is very repetitive, despite the fact that the stories change. You're really yeah. doing exactly well, the and same like thing. Well, like the
5: Jody Arias case, people, oh. you know, all oh. of the cables were going crazy about this case, and I couldn't have been more. I have to tell you, there was, what is there to talk about here? Yeah, she right. killed him. She, she did. did. it. It was a horrific she crime. Did she admits it. it? Yeah. Shoot her in the head. We're done. Shoot her in the head. No. Shoot her in the head. I'm Off with her head. Off with her head. Okay. That's a different kind of court. Yeah. It's an interesting court. Marie court. Antoinette over
1: here. <laughs> yeah. That's the, yeah. Uh, we have a question that relates to what we were talking about, not the off with her head part, but Alan Fogg. <laughs> thought uh, we
0: could probably work that back in.
1: One of our party people, Alan Fogg, has said, uh, Marsha, you've had so much success in so." several areas and he'd like to know whether you always plan to try different fields or whether you took the opportunities as they came up. Obviously we know you don't really like the hosting kit. So.
5: <laughs> yeah, we've mixed we've one of them. Yeah, no, But, but I did do that. You know, I did, I, I kind of take things as they come along. I didn't expect to do um, different stuff, and I certainly didn't plan to be an author. But mm. I wanted to be a when I was a kid. It was a childhood dream to write fiction. I loved murder mysteries, loved Nancy Drew uh, and the Hardy Boys. Nancy to be fair. Drew, Loved that stuff, right? I, 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 so I was Nancy always addicted Drew. to crime, right? And but I never thought I could earn a living at it,
6: right? Absolutely. And then I just
5: kind of did. I mean, cool. I, I finally took the leap because it was one of those things, now or never, right? You know, Absolutely, live the dream.
1: And we'll talk about that more when we come back. We're going to take a short break for one of our lovely sponsors and then we'll be back with Marcia Clark
7: coming soon to a theater near you he's one of Hollywood's hottest young stars and he became one by not doing very much at all he's Ryan Gosling and he's the star of Ryan Gosling stands still for a
0: while sir are you alright yeah I'm fine I'm Ryan Gosling okay Do you need a shirt? No, I'm good. First,
7: he stands by himself in a park. Then he stands and stares out of a hotel room window for a while. Then he goes for a walk and ends up standing on a street corner next to a river.
0: Hey, you! You're not allowed down here. I'm Ryan Gosling. Oh, all right. want a shirt, kid? No, I'm good. Thanks.
7: It feels like the longest film you've ever seen. And if you don't have the hots for Ryan Gosling, it'll seem even longer. But then, all of a sudden, right at the end, this happens. Was it worth waiting for? We're not sure. Here, look at Ryan Gosling some more in Ryan Gosling Stands Still for a While. Coming soon to a theater near you and a really sarcastic post on
0: BuzzFeed.
1: Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm
0: Eric Shaw Quinn. And
1: we are still here with the lovely Marsha Clark, a Princess dinner party of show NBC. favorite.
0: Princess of I NBC. I called the Queen of NBC and I got corrected. <laughs> really? I got called down by the DA. Have uh-huh. words for me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So we have a lot we want to talk about. Well, we were talking about your process of becoming an author. We had somebody ask if you would oh, always plan to do this. The and... beloved
0: Nancy Drew. Yeah, my way into she's writing. She's
5: eighty-five years old. God,
0: I love the Nancy oh, Drew she's books. A
1: mean drunk.
0: I oh, uh, oh, 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 no, yeah. <laughs>
5: Did you know there's a
1: Nancy Drew Appreciation Society? Yes. I met them at BoucherCon yes. in San Francisco. Yes. They had a table, which is the World Mystery Conference. And they had a table <laughs> set up. They ha- I bought you, I think, a pencil pouch, Eric Shockley, I with have a Nancy pencil Drew pouch. on it. I Everyone have all needs
0: kinds. I have notepads and pencil pouches. and... <laughs> I have a purse. I, did too? I have a Nancy Drew purse. Is that the pencil pouch that we're talking about with I the illustration know. on it Probably.
5: that I use? I, I, I didn't Nancy realize you had that. Yeah. Did you get the Nancy Drew watch? I, I got that. I don't have that. I shopped. I shopped. I'm not actually as
1: big a fan of Nancy Drew as you two, so you guys can <laughs> run with this if you'd like.
0: It's uh, a wonderful childhood memory. Yeah. I used to love it. You could. I would wake up on a summer morning and I could literally read an entire Nancy Drew book before I got up. Like, yep. and it would not be that late in the day it would be before right. noon I could literally lie there for a couple of hours and read the whole mystery and there were maps yeah. loved when there were maps or floor plans floor plans and there so were all cool. of these you yeah. know there were solvable clues and was, was there cool, math and had... too? no
5: no no math no math no, <laughs> no, math. Math. <laughs> no train A train no, B no no no, no <laughs> math
0: I would, have, I would have put the book right down if
6: there so was
1: good. you're a writer because of Nancy Drew
5: well yeah I guess that's it I mean yeah. she's my muse right? right but no I just there, there came a point after I had been writing writing with a partner, writing scripts uh, for television, one-hour dramas. And then I thought, you know what, I really want to write a novel and I really want to go do my thing. And I did. And it, it didn't just, ha- I didn't just get published. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, I think I'll write a book. Oh, look, I'm published. Yeah, you know, I, I wish. But that. no, yeah, no, uh-uh. I, I, there were a couple of, <laughs> it's yeah, hard. the efforts that <laughs> That, that, w- that preceded... was more my
1: story for obvious reasons. But anyway, go on.
5: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had to say it's it. It's hard. Did you, to you this, write, yeah. did, like I wrote a few books that got, you know, into the fireplace because I did not want any, any that chance. That sounds like anybody a natria-
0: no. Nancy Drew title well, into the fireplace, the fireplace. Nancy yeah. Drew.
1: No, I didn't. I wrote a bunch of screenplays that went nowhere. Yeah, and, and and a lot of them morphed into my first book. But anyway, we're talking about you. But I that's mean, but that's cool. But, but, See, that, but there, yeah, there's that a process a there. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think if I kept my name off of it, we, who knows how long it would have taken to get published? You know, we look what we just saw with J.K. Rowling, right? The mystery oh, that my. she wrote uh, under a pen name that was and nobody such knew a riot. it sold three thousand copies. You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. Joe Hill, Stephen King's son, kept his identity a private, and and I think he had four manuscripts that didn't sell. So yeah. it's you know, it's yeah. It's, it's
5: anyway, it's a very tough market. But Crime but it's should...
1: important, I think, to tell people that you were not some ghost written celebrity no, no. <laughs> you actually wrote this book you wrote many drafts of it you worked on it for a long time with yeah. your agent and yeah. and you've had a lot of people kind of say i thought it was going to be some ghost written thing not yeah. that there's anything against ghost writers eric shaw Quinn,
0: who is a very successful <laughs> i haven't had, had a ghost writer you were the
1: ghost writer it was the
0: most <laughs> visible ghost writer in the history of Writing. <laughs> anyway. the only ghostwriter whose whose hiring was announced on the Jay Leno Tonight program. Oh my God! Serious? Yeah, he he, so he, he said so. She was writing the the drunken horde that I was working with. Said that <laughs> <laughs> who was on the show being interviewed? He said, "So do you, you do you write a little bit every day or whatever?" And she said, "Oh no, we hired Eric Shaw Quinn to ghostwrite it for me." And he said, "Well, you know, you're not supposed to know who it is if you if you hire a ghostwriter." And she said, "Oh no, I've totally met him." <laughs> <laughs>
5: I right. kind of love that she did that. To her credit, <laughs> she went
0: out of her way. She said, if it's if I make a secret of it, it's just one more thing for people to yes. find out, to right. hark back to an earlier conversation, like, get over the secrets. Like, she just wasn't having it. Yeah. I signed documents saying cool. that I would, you know, take right. it to the grave and— she, and there she was. She right. outed me on uh, on, on Jay Leno, <laughs> and then took the cover picture with the two of us herself. Right, It wound up on I, the cover of the book. I kind of love, that. The, I love was, that. Was, There was you so know, much of that experience credit. that was wonderful. That's it beautiful. would have been nice if she'd paid me. I really would have liked to yeah. have been paid. What? But
5: you didn't get paid. No. Oh,
6: we no. can do a
0: whole show no. about yeah. this. Oh, here story. we go. It? Oh, not, my I poked that. Okay, Miss Thing. My lawyer. My lawyer is here now, Yeah, and she's coming for you. She doesn't have any money. She can't pay her. Taxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. For God's sake, the government is ahead of me in line, and I don't expect oh, to be able to cut in front you of lose them. No, you when the government yeah. is ahead of you in line. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to be able to cut in front of them. Yeah. So, you know, oh. one day maybe she'll, I don't know, win Powerball or something, and I can get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your eyes open.
6: <laughs> anyway,
0: but you did not have a
1: ghostwriter. That no. was my very long way that of was, saying. Yeah, that. No,
5: I did it myself. Yeah, you did, I did it, yourself. it myself. I mean, I wanted. Uh, that's the whole point of doing it is to do it myself. But it did. I did like run into a number of booksellers who were very skeptical and say, "Did you really write this?" And they actually, uh, one of them actually wrote to my publisher, the head of the company of Little Brown, and said, "I will not carry this book unless you promise me personally in writing that she actually wrote this book." And, and she liked the book. Who I mean, the, the fuck good news was is that? She, she. I'm <laughs> sorry. i Like, it, it's it, not
0: actually say on the show, but <laughs> we'll ask later. But wow, that's a oh lot. Oh my
5: God.
6: That's and he really... wrote
5: back. He said, "No, she did. She really did." Yeah. But that's what that just speaks to what you you said. You know, right. people did have. Yeah. No, right. Yeah. yeah. So the third one is the Hollywood book, Killer Ambition. Oh, cool. The Hollywood book, and in this one, Rachel Knight, who is our series character, she's right. DA, And her buddies, the intrepid detective Bailey Keller of the robbery homicide division, and Tony LaColette, The Fashionista, um, other special trials prosecutor, Mm -hmm. and they uh, go to trial.
1: Excellent. Over a Hollywood murder case. Over
5: a Hollywood murder case. They prosecute a big Hollywood power player. Excellent.
1: Mm. What a
0: stretch for you, Marcia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really Excellent. had to reach I on did that so one, huh? so much
6: research, I'm just saying.
0: Yes. Well, we're
1: going to take a very short break for one of our new and much foreshortened tech promos, and then we'll be back here for the dessert portion of the so evening. maybe
0: you won't enjoy it, but oh, you'll enjoy also,
1: it more quickly. Oh, look, it's Jordan Ampersand <laughs> is here. Oh, I was jumping the gun. Oh, yeah, that's so great. Excellent. And then we'll be back with Marcia Clark.
3: Hello, people with no plans who listen to the dinner party show. I'm critic at large, Jordan Ampersand. As many of you may remember, a condition of my continuing participation in the dinner party show was that I be allowed to interview Christopher's mother, world-famous novelist Anne Rice. Well, the wait is long over, I am happy to say. And I would like to introduce you to a super important, very famous author who wrote a book that was a lot like Twilight, only for older gays. Welcome to the dinner party show, Anne Rice. I love the red drapes. They're gorgeous. I love the red drapes, too. Red is my favorite color. Everything is just very nice here. So you're Christopher's mom? I wouldn't say that, really. Wait, you're not... Oh my god, scandal. Does that mean Christopher has been lying to everyone about being your son? I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right either. Are you okay? That's ridiculous. It totally is. How do you plan to put a stop to his lies and his deceivings and do you need my help? We're not going to eat Welsh's Junior Mints because of the John Birch Society. Uh, okay, if that makes sense to you, that's totally what we'll do. But in the meantime, earlier we had brunch and then we went shopping and so you You've had a lot of time for me to have an impact on you and your work. How would you describe me? And how will you depict me when you make me a character in one of your books? Rock star, singer, poet, oracle, Cassandra. That's so sweet. Who's Cassandra? Is she someone you dress up like vampires
0: with? Jordan, what the hell are you doing in here? And why is Fitzpatrick in the booth? We're not gonna eat Welsh's Junior Mints because of the John Burt Society. We're not gonna eat Welsh's Junior Mints because of the John Burt Society. Turn that off and get out of there, Fitzpatrick, and take my pen out of your that's
3: not your pen that's his crack pipe it helps him focus you promised me i could interview ann rice and it hasn't happened yet so i decided to do my own interview because i'm amazing
0: were you just editing yourself into clips of her old interviews
3: yes but it felt really authentic
0: lying about christopher not being her son that felt authentic to you are you completely insane he's got a book coming out in three months and you're trying to destroy his only marketing angle yes
1: Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice, and my first
7: supernatural thriller, The Heaven's Rise, releases on October 15th. But you can pre-order it now from Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble. It's a
1: truly terrifying read that's garnered rave reviews from Charlene Harris and Peter Strobe. Also, Jordan Ampersand isn't in it because he's a nasty
0: little fuck.
3: Who has time to read?
0: People who aren't deranged drug addicts. How did you get into the studio without me?
3: I have a key. You what? Fitzpatrick made me a key while he was high. All
0: right, so the janitor left the door unlocked. You are ignoring the elephant in the womb. Room. It's elephant in the room. There is no elephant in here. Just one deranged little racist monkey who always acts like he's just had a Red Bull enema.
3: My friend died from one of those. She had (sighs) one, and then she jumped off a cliff. Then
0: I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's the fall from the cliff that actually killed her.
3: Whatever. When do I get to interview Anne Rice? I'm sick of waiting.
0: Yeah, well, life in show business is mostly waiting, Jordan. Which you would already know if you weren't just pretending to be in show business. Hell, our party people sometimes have to wait for months for us to do some of their favorite sketches. Why we tried this thing a while back. They were just crazy about it. We had Christopher read some of... Wait a minute. I have an idea. <laughs> is it still here? Oh, where is that? Oh, got it. Here we go. If you really want to interview Anne Rice soon, read some of this book out loud, into that microphone.
3: Are you trying to make me look dumb?
0: I don't have to try on that one, darling. Did Anne Rice write this book? Sort of. Just start reading right here. Okay.
3: They were plump and firm, these breasts. She'd been 15 when the curses struck her, and he bit at her nipples, moving the breasts almost roughly so as to feel their weight, and then lightly he slapped them back and forth, delighting in this. His desire had been hard and almost painful to him when he had come into the room and now is urging him almost mercilessly. He mounted her, parting her legs, giving the white inner flesh of her thighs a soft, deep pinch. This is hot. Is there a cartoon version? You
0: are the cartoon version of everything. I want some more. Well, you should run along and read some more of that. But first... Get Fitzpatrick out of that control room.
3: Fitzpatrick, don't freebase in there. I thought
0: thought he went to rehab. He
3: did, but it didn't take because it took him out early because I didn't want to lose my friends. Fitzpatrick, take whatever those are out of your nostrils now. We need to go. I have some reading to do. Alone.
0: Watch out, Jordan. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw-Quinn, and we're the hosts of The Dinner Party Show.
1: Our show is free across a variety of platforms. To listen live every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, head to the thedinnerpartyshow.com and click on the black radio icon at the top left
0: corner of the screen. And when we're not doing a live show, our player streams several of our most recent episodes for your continuous enjoyment.
1: A podcast of The Complete Show posts to iTunes and the show archive on our website the day after the show debuts so
0: don't forget to subscribe and leave a good review if you like what you hear for faster easier downloading we now include the entire show in a single podcast just look for our mono version on iTunes and in our show archive but for those who would like to enjoy the best sound quality we still post our show in four segments all in stereo Subscribers should click the iTunes setting Get All Episodes to make sure all versions of the show are downloading automatically. If you're already subscribed and happy with your downloads, you don't need to change a thing.
1: You don't have to be stuck in front of your computer to enjoy our live shows or our stream. We have mobile apps available for both Android and Apple devices that allow you to open our player anywhere you are in the world. In other words, you just can't get away
0: from us. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we've taken away all your excuses not to listen to The Dinner Party Show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for dessert. Brought to you by your sister's new husband who's had way too much wine. I mean, everybody's cheated at least once, right? I I, I mean, am I right? The Dinner Party Show... Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it.
1: Welcome back to the dinner party I show. Was just Already in progress. Eric Shaw Quinn was rapping during the break. Let's do some of your rap, Eric. <laughs> rapping, I'm courtesy told that, of 1984. I'm told I that they don't do that anymore. I'm really
0: relieved. I,
1: I have to say, uh, our guest is Marsha Clark. She has the patience of a saint. Um, what What happened with Jordan? How did Jordan get into the studio without us? We usually let him in. I
0: think somebody left the place open. I have. Oh. No idea. I'm just relieved Jesus they didn't Christ. burn things down while they were here. Really, really, you'd have to do something about him. Okay. but uh,
1: Well, I try, but what, was there something about a truck? I think maybe—oh, yeah. We'll let, we'll let our party people uh, once party again people guess can, yeah. what happened uh, to Jordan Ampersand at the end of that unfortunate report. And we'll move on from him back to Marcia Clark. Before we went away for Jordan's report, we were talking about your book, Killer Ambition, the third in the Rachel Knight series, which you have written. And it is a it's a Hollywood murder case yeah. that they tackle. Yeah. So yeah. a little close to home. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, Speaking like of fun. Wedge, <laughs> what do you think of of what's his name getting a, a <laughs> parole here recently? Like, oh. there to say about because, is like, there
5: anything to say about that? I like, mean,
0: it's like I was more worried about the other prisoners. Like, yeah. good for the other prisoners that they <laughs> don't have to put up with him anymore. Like, really?
5: Oh, I've heard he's very popular. Oh, um, seriously. oh. seriously? Oh, seriously? Yeah, very popular. He there. runs the best oh, card
1: game on the block, or is something,
5: the, okay. or, or whatever. Something. I don't want to know. Yeah, they they mm-hmm. can watch yeah. football with him, and yeah, he can tell I've them seen stories that and video. stuff. And yeah, he's doing very whatever. well. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's the setup is that it's the daughter of a megastar director like Steven Spielberg, James Cameron, like that gets abducted. Mm. She's abducted and that leads to and as they pursue that case, the the director himself pays the ransom, thinks it's going to get his daughter back, it doesn't and that's when they call in um, Bailey and Rachel and they start pursuing the case and it leads to um, murder, of course, murders right. involved and then they um, and a long buried secret. That mm. it inspired all of it. That got the ball rolling. Oh, yeah. very
1: cool. Yeah. it's it's a bigger book than the last two, right? It's a little bit heftier. Yeah. I,
5: think I like. A, you know. I think it is, and yeah. so it, it doubles as a deadly weapon. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and so if you're in a park and right. somebody wants to have sex, right. and
6: you want to protect,
0: defend yourself. <laughs> you can use the, the book.
5: Are you from the Baton Rouge Sheriff's Department? Oh, yes, uh, go yes, I, yeah, yes, I exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: good. So what's your process? Do you, like, did you know, do you figure out the ending first? Or I'm actually working on, working with an editor on my first murder mystery now. And so, like, how do you go about it? What? How do you go about putting together your murder mysteries?
5: I always start with a kernel of what is interesting to me. You know, in this particular case, it was a location um, up right. in the Santa Monica Mountains called God Seat, where hmm. you can see it's a, it's this, you have to climb way to the top. Which I, I actually did. And then you can see it's a vista that gives you all of the valley and all of the ocean. It's an amazing spot. That, huh. Yeah. And uh, thinking about that and thinking about, you know, what could happen, a murder up there, that kind of thing. And right, right. So, and from there I thought, you know what? It would be fun to talk about some of the craziness of Hollywood life among the very, very rich because it's a world that you it guys is so know. It's crazy. No one lives like say. this, no. right? The assistants have assistants, and yeah. having to deal with them as a DA, you know, you're a civil servant, and all you want to do is sit down and interview a witness. But for them, no, you have to. You have five minutes, you know, between twelve thirty-five and twelve forty. If my, um, if the rest On of the Skype. world, yeah, they, and uh, you don't understand. <laughs> right. no, you're a witness in a murder case. You have to meet with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no sense. We went through fun. it in
1: this neighborhood when Paris Hilton would not go back to jail when they were like. Yeah, we're not negotiating this with you. You have to go back to jail, and she wouldn't leave her house. We had about five... Helicopters parked oh over God. this very neighborhood where we do directly this show directly overhead at seven yeah. in the morning. Oh my
5: God! And let me
1: just tell you, the gay sympathy oh. for Paris Hilton went out, out the, the window, window. But yeah, as it should. It's that get in the car wake and me and take up. The
0: helicopters with you.
1: It's that sense of entitlement Spider-Man. among the celebrities. No, yeah. I get treated differently yeah. by law enforcement. It's like no, you get treated differently by juries. Apparently. <laughs> yeah,
0: apparently, yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> right. but it's a law enforcement of, won't
5: do it. It's yeah, a lack right, of yeah.
0: connection to reality. Yeah, like we live in a very sort. Sort of unreal kind of place where people yeah. live in unreal expectations oh. of the world, and yeah. then when reality intrudes, they continue to respond in this very unreal way. They right. don't
5: get it. They don't get it. They don't get that these laws actually apply to everybody equally, <laughs> and you're not special, and you're not a sacred cow, and you actually have to show up in my office, and you have to obey your subpoena, and all that. you know. And they, it's it's it's, it's it's kind of a weird... They can't deal with it. Or but so I, you've heard. You haven't or had so any so I, No, I don't know anyone like that. Oh, experience. No. Oh, of course But they tell not. me.
1: That's <laughs> how it is <laughs> on major true. crimes. yeah, no. Or modern crime, as <laughs> I call it. You always call it modern crime. You make it sound like a musical from the 20s. Right. <laughs> anyway, so that informs the book.
5: That informs yeah. the book. And then she gets involved because it's a major Hollywood power player, a big, wealthy, and famous guy uh, that she's prosecuting. It becomes a big media circus. And mm. so... You know, what the trial is like, and then the roller coaster ride of the trial itself. And in the, I tried to show. The fact that the roller coaster starts with jury selection. Jury selection is in itself a nail biter. And I tried to show that, what it's like, you know, the strategies that's involved. It's not just who's sitting in front of you, but who's sitting out there in the pool. If I Mm -hmm. kick one guy who's sitting right in front of me, am I going to wind up with something worse in the pool? And that kind of thing, you know. So most people don't know about that. So I did a little, I, I really showed the trial from start to finish.
0: What did you think of the joke that the guy, the, the jury selection joke that the guy, the Trayvon yeah. Martin oh. defense attorney, started right.
5: with. Right? Knock, knock, who's like, there? I get the joke, but oh. it's like,
0: really? Really? Just really. now? Let's really? tell the joke oh. for
1: our listeners who yeah. may not have heard it. Knock, knock, who's there?
5: George Zimmerman.
1: George, George
5: Zimmerman, Zimmerman, who? You're, on, you're the on the jury. <laughs> if you're the oh. one who
0: doesn't know who George Zimmerman yeah, yeah. is, then you're we want jury. you. Because nobody mean, what, doesn't know. But, I have to ha-ha. say,
5: I did not think. I, I kept hearing all these commentators talking about the genius defense attorneys, and I did not think they were geniuses. Um, I thought, I, 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 I think saw, they were lucky. I thought they were well. You know what? However you feel about the verdict, I think it cannot be denied that the prosecution had a tough case. This was not a slam dunk. And anytime you have a self defense case with no other witnesses, you know the the other witness is dead. Right, you're going to have a difficult case. It's It a helps pill. when
0: you killed the other witness. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. yeah. And then yours is the like, only voice.
0: One but... of the things, and we talked about this briefly before we came back. with I honestly? I honestly feel like part of the problem is that we're reacting to the. It, it's it's putting court on television. I'm reacting at my house like I'm watching a television show, but a courtroom is nothing like a television show. There are no camera pans. There are no close-ups. It's this endless, boring recitative of... Facts and
5: well, and I think they, you know, they feel a burden. They, it's, it's serious to them. You know, they're deciding someone's fate, right? And their decision is going to affect someone's life very seriously, right? And so, hopefully, they, that 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 affects them. I'm not sure. You know, the the puzzle to me, the, the interesting, and I, I have not resolved the question in my own mind is how much do the cameras in the courtroom affect them? They know they're there. They don't mm-hmm. see them. They bury the camera in the in the wall. You'd say eye in the wall. Usually, you don't see. They're not sitting there on tripods. Uh-huh. But hmm. how do they? How are they affected by their awareness that the whole world is watching? Does this make them more or less likely uh, to take law into their own hands? To or, or more afraid of imposing? or right. more afraid of convicting? I'm not sure. I do know that it affects witnesses, lawyers, and judges, as we've seen.
0: Oh, God knows. Right, right? you've seen personally. I honestly felt like that judge was auditioning for oh. a film in that particular trial from way back oh, did,
5: when. the in in um, Zimmerman no. no, oh, <laughs> that oh, other one. That we were other talking one. About. That other yeah.
0: one. Yeah. the one where you became officially that Marsha Clark. That Marsha Clark. Yeah, right. yeah, he
5: sat down for a five-part that interview
0: was a that
5: total... aired on on like, uh, what was it, Channel Four or something? It was the most yeah. shameless. Yeah. It, was crazy. it was The most ridiculous. That was crazy. Yeah, he was But ridiculous. you know, the good news. Ever since then, the judges have not been that way. if You noticed?
6: Because Judge made him Nelson really and, and Casey bad. Anthony,
5: he was awesome. Mm. He was amazing. I loved him. This judge too, although. Here's the thing. She, I loved her demeanor. I, I you know, she oh, shut that things down. Fight. She, she got right. in with so that cool. guy of
0: like, I am asking a question. I have heard you, and it is over. I have ruled. <laughs> yeah.
5: I have ruled. Do not continue to argue after I have ruled. And, which is good. I mean, you want a judge to control her court that way. But here's the thing. She did, in my opinion, make a mistake that might have been the crucial thing that um, really broke the prosecution's case. And what was in that? And it was this. Um, part of the in in california we have the same the same laws they do by the way stand your ground we do we do
0: jesus
5: many states do 23 and it's not the stand your ground law that is the issue really they didn't even rely on it in zimmerman it didn't you know that wasn't the issue there but part of the law here is the judge will read the instruction if you find that the defendant was the initial aggressor in the case, and he was the one who threw the first puncher, he was the one who began the confrontation, then he does not have a right to use lethal force in self-defense until Mm. he has made an effort to withdraw, stop everything, and announced his intention to withdraw, and the person who's the victim kept coming at him. Then he regains the right of self-defense. That initial aggressor law was not given to the jury in Zimmerman. The prosecution requested it, and she refused. Why did she refuse? I don't know. Jeez. I don't know. And she didn't – if you see the ruling, and you can find the clip, it's on – You know, it's, it's findable on the web. She just said, that's my ruling. I understand the prosecution wants it. The defense does it. I'm not going to give it. Period. And – that to me was one of the worst rulings I've ever seen because, because that really does,
0: I think, affect the jury. gutted their case, it
5: guided their case. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, I, to what degree the jury was really um, guided by the law, or as versus their gut level feeling that they agreed with Zimmerman's entire defense and they bought it, hook, line, and sinker, and it wouldn't have mattered what jury instructions they got. I don't know, and we'll never know. I think, but that effectively
1: but, bars the prosecution from saying the same thing.
5: Yeah. It bars the prosecution from saying, hey, if you believe that George Zimmerman got out of his truck, if you believe that George Zimmerman then confronted Trayvon Martin, if you believe that George Zimmerman made an aggressive move towards Trayvon Martin, then you must find that George Zimmerman did not have the right to use that gun in self-defense because he was the initial aggressor. And there was evidence to back it up. You had Rachel Jantel saying he was saying, this guy's following me, he's following me, me. heard him say, what are you doing here, and then get off me. Yeah. Trayvon is saying, "Get off me!"
0: Yeah,
5: I thought that's plenty of evidence to justify the instruction. Yeah, so Jesus. Yeah,
0: it just—it's one of the most. It it just it just tore me up. And then the president's address of it was I thought timely yeah. and and well yes. measured. Yes. Yes. Um, in responding yes. to, but also kind of calling the question of really at what point is this?
6: Mm-hmm.
0: At what point is it a crime to follow some kid like mm-hmm. if you are. The what what was it neighborhood watch guy? It's your job to see Trayvon gets home safe.
1: He, he was lived in that neighborhood.
0: Home, he lived yeah. In that
5: neighborhood. So the thing is to say to him, and he never did, and he admitted he never did. I'm neighborhood watch. I just want to know if you live here. What are you doing here? And he did say, according to Jontel, she heard somebody say, "What are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, and Trayvon responded, you know, and. And then there was a tussle. I mean, that's when yeah, right. it all happened. But he didn't identify himself as a neighborhood watch guy. Yeah. And and it seems to me that would have been Sounds number one. Sounds
1: predatory yeah. what, to not identify yourself in that way. I'm neighborhood watch. I want to know what you're doing in this alley.
0: Stalking people. Yeah. Right, I, right. I had a thing. With, years ago, I was going home to my parents. I was driving down the hill. It was at night. I had the top down on the car. And I stopped under a stoplight to close the top because mm-hmm. I knew the lights wouldn't be on. It wouldn't be bright enough in my parents' driveway. And the radio was on and it disturbed one of the neighbors. I, I'm still sorry. If you're listening, I'm still sorry. Really didn't mean to do that. But he just came up to my car with a flashlight and said, you know, what are you with light in my eye, what are you doing here? And I I said, you know, I'm, Going down, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to disturb you. I'm going down the street. I mean, we it, it was a civil response, but I thought even in the moment of like, you don't know who I am. I might have just shot you oh,
5: for right. you know, yeah. like like
0: I just thought it was really yeah. a questionable choice. Very like, questionable. Uh, the the whole question mm-hmm. of this case, as mm-hmm. as you said on MSNBC and as we've talked about before, and as I have said a million times, is if you just stayed in the car, none of this would have happened. But but like it it is one of the I think it's I think it's good to have a sense of protecting your property and keeping an eye out on the neighborhood yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. But confronting people? Like, right. I'm not a, really a threat, but that right. man didn't know that.
5: Right. Right. That, he didn't a know that. A light in
0: my eyes and what are you doing here? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And bam, and yeah. I'm gone. And, and what happened to him? Who that's knows? Right. Like, that's
5: right. Like, really not a good call. No, not a good call. And, and you know, I mean, Zimmerman was somebody who was obviously – he admits he was strapped to go to Target. I mean, who does this? Right. You know, he this is a guy he's 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 like a walking time gum. He's got he's got this loaded gun that he's carrying around with him all the time. I understand he had a permit, but but you know, this is what it leads God, to. I hate
0: everybody having you know, people, a gun. I just hate everybody having a gun. I know it's, it's in the constitution I no, I'm not arguing with everybody's rights, but I really don't care. I really just don't care. Like everybody if he hadn't had a gun, it would have been unpleasant, but everybody would be fine.
5: Or let's say for a moment, okay, that is the law. I'm accepting it for what it is right now. But then you have to have more responsibility. You have to actually be more restrained, more restrained. Because you know, when he got out of that truck, he knew he had lethal force. He knew. Trayvon didn't know
0: he wasn't you know, conducting himself. And as when though. you know
5: you have that, then you have to actually be more responsible. You have to be the one who pulls back, who finds every reason not to confront, as opposed to what he or did. Or you make it clear.
0: You walk up and you show them the gun and you say, "What are you doing in this neighborhood?" Nobody's going to punch you in the face.
5: No, you but know? you know th- that can actually engender something even more dangerous. And somebody sees you don't know what the reaction is going to be when somebody sees a gun. They can panic. They can grab it and then it goes off. I mean, you don't. I don't. The, think the first there should thing have is, been a gun there. don't approach but him. But he
0: didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Don't
5: get out Don't of the car. Don't get out of the car. Let the, car. the police go. Wasn't am
1: I correct in this the thing that had inspired George Zimmerman to be so on edge was a series of burglaries. Yes. Not yes. a series of murders. No. Not a series of rapes. Not a series of physical assaults. No. A series of burglaries. Okay. Yeah. That's when you involve law enforcement. Yes. I'm sorry. You know, like now if some yeah. if I thought somebody was going down the alleyway to kill or rape my mother Maybe it would have been a different story, but that's not the situation that was described by anybody here. No, he and was. Man, he, yeah, this, this was the ugliest damn thing I've ever seen on Twitter. This whole case, everything about it, yeah, all true. the fake profiles popping up of just absolute unmitigated racism. Yeah, just and it was. I can't think of a worst case to be discussed in that medium where you only have 150 characters per yeah. response. Yeah. But goddamn people were determined Ooh. to do it. And I Anywhere. mean, people I respected like Melissa Harris-Perry mm-hmm. and Goldie Taylor and all these activists were getting in there on Twitter where you can't, there's no depth and there's no context yeah. and you can't. I mean, I guess it was ugly everywhere, but I, I saw it particularly and that form of social media. And I just saw people just reinforcing their own beliefs and not changing anybody's mind.
5: It's true. You know, you know it's so absolutely true. You're so right, Chris. And I couldn't believe Twitter exploded with some of the nastiest stuff I've just ever hideous, seen. And then you see yeah. these trolls. They create yeah. profiles for no other reason than to sling mud right. at people. And then you can you can tell. They have like three followers or whatever. Right, you know? right, right. They, they don't exist, really. They appeared this yeah. morning. It's just disgusting. I, I, I understand now that actually Twitter has put a new um, oh, rule yeah. out. Have you heard about that?
1: It's changing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, there so, will be a report button the way there is on Facebook. Yeah. And, and they are already shutting
0: down profiles.
5: Yes, and know? that's good. I mean, yeah. the only the only thing I worry about is people abusing the report. Of course, the report button. Then it'll you know. be
0: the the, the the trolls will actually use the report yes, button to go after to harass people. people. Who, yeah,
5: yeah. Yeah, no. you, know, you know what? So as long as you have this kind of anonymous way of getting in there to just throw mud at people and, and sling shit, basically, mm-hmm. you're going to have these trolls that just love to do that. That's all right. they they you know. And it's I actually had a couple of people reach out um, on Twitter, really looking for an explanation, mm-hmm. really trying to engage me and talk about standing you your had, ground. And your stuff.
0: work on this was incredibly insightful. I'm with Lawrence, like incredibly insightful and great, like the. The problem is, is like I react as the modern crime watcher. You know, I don't want I don't react as a lawyer. And to hear your sort of reasoned response to so much of what was going on, because it does get confusing and it is it is my tendency to respond from emotion rather than from the law. From what are the nature of you know what is what's actually possible? What's being discussed? What are the real issues here? You have been incredibly helpful to me and and to everybody. We have a question for you from our
1: page. uh, One of our party people, John Matson, wants to know if George Zimmerman could be retried on the basis of the fact that nobody read that initial aggressor claim into the record, or because of the judge's ruling. Is that grounds for an appeal for Trayvon Martin's family? No, the
5: people, the prosecution can never appeal. Right, double jeopardy. Right, Right. once someone is acquitted in, in a jury trial. The state cannot retry him. The feds could. The feds can try him. Right. You know, if they want to. But I'm I'm betting they won't. And the
0: family is going to. Oh. The civil suit. He doesn't have any money, but yeah, Yeah. they'll win. But they don't. What can they really get from him? It's Uh, not like he's a millionaire or something. Exactly.
5: And I think I think I heard that the housing, um, um, the the place where the homeowners association. Thank you. (laughs) I lost the word for a second. The homeowners association already paid off. To the Martin family. Oh. They did, I think, settle immediately.
1: Wow. Wow. Uh, We have another question. We got so swept up in our Trayvon Martin discussion. Christopher Ott would like to know if you feel that high-profile, highly publicized cases are tougher to prosecute. I think we talked about some of that. Yeah. But is the actual prosecution, once you're in the courtroom, tougher?
5: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. it's tough from start to finish. There mm-hmm. is no question about it. And, and from the prosecutor's standpoint, what's the toughest thing is really the way it affects the witnesses. Witnesses right. come forward who really don't have a story to tell but just want right. the limelight. Right. Witnesses avoid name? the limelight because they Kato, don't. Kato you know. yeah Kato
0: Kaelin. Don't say his I... If you
1: say his name three times, he appears in your guest <laughs> house. <Favorite.
5: laughs> you Favorite. don't have to say it that many times. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Um, but, yeah, because the jury is sequestered maybe, but you yeah. got the rest of you aren't. Yeah. The witnesses aren't. The lawyers aren't, you know. So it's impossible to have that barrier between what's going on about the case in the media and what you're trying to do in the courtroom.
5: True. And then you have people who really don't want to be involved but do have information that that is necessary and they don't come forward because they don't want to be trashed in the limelight. They don't want to have the experience. Right. The other part is having a sequestered jury. I don't think that's so good for justice. Really? Yeah, I really Really? don't. Tell us about that. You know, we began jury sequestration started back in the day when they were concerned about jurors' safety because they were prosecuting mobsters who would try to whack them or bribe them or whatever. And so it was for their protection. But now it's the opposite. Now we sequester juries because we don't trust them. Think about it, right? The reason that we lock them up in these hotel rooms, and believe me, this is no picnic, um, we lock them up so that they can't see the news. They can't see all of us talking heads and all the rest of it. And, of course, you don't want a jury to do that. But in the process, I think you skew the actual um, dynamic of juries. And this is is actually not just coming from me. I actually consulted with jury experts and um, some psychologists about this. Who say that the experience of living together that way kind of rubs off all your corners, right. and you kind of try to become? People have an effort, even if subconscious, to be more homogeneous, more alike one oh, another.
0: Pack
1: mentality, so you sure. don't get voices of dissent in your jury pool when you need them. Right, yeah. exactly. People
5: lose their individuality because they can't go home and reassert their identity. They're stuck. They're forced into huh. that unnatural. That's situation. really an
0: interesting
1: That's point.
5: Interesting. So, interesting. So, yeah, it's hard from every point of view.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Christopher Ott would also like to know, when a high-profile defendant is acquitted and there is public outrage, do you feel vindicated, if you were the prosecutor, obviously? Like, is, is the public outrage over... Um, oh, I see, over you know, an acquittal? Yeah, um, well, at least they
5: knew I was at right. At least they knew. Yeah, I, you know, he's not... He's got a point there. Yeah. There is, a, There is. I, you know, at, at, at a point in the... Um, Trial for me, anyway, it was really, really clear just watching the jury. Uh, You could see their body language. They would lean forward when Johnny stood up. They would lean back when Mm. we stood up. And, you know, it was impossible. Uh, So I knew that we wouldn't convince them. But I did think, well, at least the rest of the world will see.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, Marsha Clark, this has been lovely having thank you, you on. All it's always We'd a have pleasure. you on every show if we could, but we know you're a busy lady. You got a lot to do. It's a lot of MSNBC to, be- <laughs> to do. A lot <laughs> of books to
5: write. Books to write. we got to write books, to Chris. The princess, and I then can't wait to read your book, Chris.
1: Absolutely. Oh, my God. Well, here's a, yeah, I, well, I finished it. So, yeah, it'll be out October 15th. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, stick it's around. Fun. We'll get a picture with you out in the lobby okay. as we always do. And uh, in the meantime, we're going to take a short break for, well, isn't this appropriate? It's a tourism board ad for the
5: state of Florida. Yeah,
0: which you might want to put on your headset for. I
5: can't miss this one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What'll we do for vacation this year? Are you tired of the same old vacation? What about a cruise? A cruise? You can get robbed and stranded just a few blocks from home. And if you don't want available bathroom facilities, just go to Starbucks. New York? Pee on a space heater? Leave the shower on all day. Los Angeles? (laughs) It's a nice place to live, but you wouldn't want to visit. I know, I'm just grasping at straws. Looks like another staycation for us. What about... Florida? Florida. I know, it sounds crazy, but when was the last time you shot someone and got away with it? We'd rather not say. But in Florida, you can just kill someone and say you felt threatened and nobody cares. What about that one woman who got sent to prison for 20 years for firing her gun in the air? If she'd shot him, she could just have told people he deserved it and she wouldn't even have gotten a ticket for discharging a firearm in the city. It sounds exciting. Yeah, that's it. So, pack up your firearms and your ammunition and come to Florida or one of the 23 other states where we've seen to it that they have the same horrific stand-your-ground law that allows you to stalk people, shoot them, and then say you felt threatened by the person you were stalking and get away with it. This year, instead of going on another luxurious vacation, come spend time with the out-of-control boa constrictor population in Florida, a state so awful even Anita Bryant doesn't live here anymore. What do you say, hon? Want to go to Florida? Are you planning to kill me? I'm feeling a little threatened. Come to Florida. It's the worst place ever. Brought to you by the National Rifle Association, who says life is sacred.
1: Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Wright. Oh,
0: and I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. <laughs> and
1: Marsha Clark had to stay and listen to our special oh, spot right. from the state
0: of Florida. It was just a very special moment we so needed to share. Thank really you very good. much. Well, it has been a very special show. It sure has been. And
1: we are next week we will not have a guest because our party people are going to be the That's guests right. again. We've been,
0: we haven't been ignoring you. We've just had, you know, other people in the dining in room. The dining. We don't want you guys so, to
1: feel neglected. It's a
0: change. For you to come up with your own questions and the news articles you want us to talk about, it's all about you, babe.
1: Absolutely. So visit our Facebook page all week long and post the topics you want Just us to cover. Stay there. Post embarrassing questions for Eric Shaw Quinn. Ask or him how many times Wright. he's been to the bathroom. I don't. There's nothing embarrassing about me. I'm not. Nothing's
0: embarrassing at all. I'm always embarrassed when I'm with you. That's
1: because I always burp
0: on the Aww, air. That's yeah. so horrifying.
1: It's horrifying.
0: <laughs> I didn't do it once tonight. I, yeah. I, I, no, I, it really is. He burps like Barney from The, the Simpsons. The, just horrifying walk the over here. Blow
1: the walk over here was one long continuous burp. So I I think I got it out of my system. <laughs> That's lovely. That, I think I Some got it. Out face of my farts. It's just horrifying. It's even better when you describe it in such an explicit manner. Eric I'm a writer Shockley. for a
0: reason, you know. <laughs> You're it's the a power writer, of the English language. So Tune in next week for Christopher's Burps and your yeah. questions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else? What else? We we have some guests coming up later in the year, but we don't care about them right now because we're doing this Because
0: it's all about you, babe. It's really, it's all it's about really, you.
1: It's really, we'll bring guests in and then we'll find ways to talk about our books, which is how right? we usually do which is do what
0: we show. always do. It's really all about us. I,
1: I, <laughs> I may be jumping the gun a little bit here, but we do have one party person who has already made his entry into the contest of Guess What Happened to Jordan Ampersand, and that is Alan Fogg, and he believes that Adam Fitzgerald, the poet, hit Jordan Ampersand as he was leaving the studio. If you've been with us all night, you will know why that's funny. Because one guest that was supposed to be with us tonight was unable to because of a
0: car accident. He is okay. We're very happy and to that say. And that is what matters. We're sorry he wasn't here, but he's all right yet. We are it's, not laughing at an injured person. But he's a New Yorker trying to drive in Los Angeles. Oh. That's all we're going to say.
1: I once read on the blog L.A. East, you know, or Liest, however you say <laughs> LAist. it. L.A. East that um, New Yorkers often tried to demonstrate how they were so much smarter than Angelinos by not being able to get around a city that wasn't a rectangle.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's really, it's a challenge.
1: It is, it's a big <laughs> challenge, so... I think we have one more act left in our show. I see something on the schedule, but I'm not really sure what it is. Oh, um, oh, oh,
0: wait a minute. Are we I, sure? I don't
1: see. Or maybe, uh, let's see. Hold on. Are they... Oh no! Oh no! I warned you. It's okay, the Marcia, restless leg get under dancers. the table
0: now! Oh God! Oh my God! Oh wait! Okay, over here, Marsha. Ah! the cat! Why did they always bring that cat? Oh. It's the
1: restless cat dancer.
0: Whose idea was it to have a dance troupe? <laughs> Yours, and I'm getting sick of it. It's the China the costs alone. My God.
1: Oh, the restless, like, dancers.
0: Are you all right, Marsha? I'm okay.
6: She's oh. okay. Oh, She's goodness. okay. She's Thank goodness. Right. Well, what's we're all, all? okay. Know what's happening.
1: Yeah, that's awful. We should maybe uh, like end their contract. Do we have a clause or something? And
0: it's really We're, we're going to have to discuss it when we're not on the all air. All right,
1: all right. We'll discuss it on the uh, uncomfortable walk back to our respective homes. You've been <laughs> listening to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And
0: I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And our special guest was
1: Marsha Clark.
0: Thanks for being here, Marsha. Hey, thanks, Marsha. And always thanks
1: a to pleasure. all you lovely party people out any,
0: there in the dark. We'll any be final thoughts? next I
1: have no final I'm giving my final thought which is I love our party people and I just hope they don't feel neglected we'll be back with you guys next week
0: we're always thinking about you all the time until then thanks for listening